0: It and I mean him, Lord, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I failed to mention just before that, but Brian is doing a uh, a funeral tonight, so I'll be in prayer for him and that family. Okay, Okay, we'll turn over to Matthew chapter 13 real quick. We've got um, six principles of Bible study to finish up with. Uh, We probably won't get through all of them tonight, and we'll finish up next week no matter what um but we're going to try to move fairly quickly through um uh, most of these uh you'll notice you know we talked about you know in the first half of this these big major things the first one of course being what context oh, context 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 right okay um and we we saw how you know you got to pay attention to what group of people was being addressed um look at the different applications, uh, historical, doctrinal, uh, inspirational, or practical, looking at all these things and how they build and show you the context and, and expound on it, uh, particularly, and we saw this over the last few weeks, you know, comparing Scripture with Scripture, getting God's definition, using the Bible uh, as the dictionary rather than the dictionary or Google, Right? Uh, Google is not going to have the answer the Holy Spirit wants you to have, okay just FYI there all right um, These last several uh, the last nine or ten you see and we talked about how these things all overlap, these really overlap and you see how they tie in and and it's it's very important as we've talked about all throughout, um, to follow these these principles. Um, <clears throat> to pay attention to them. Some of them, uh, like we talked about the numbers, and, and we're going to talk about uh, symbols here in just a second, they're kind of sometimes, uh, particularly with numbers, they become a, like a trailhead marker to let you know, hey, here's, here's where I'm going or here, here's what's going on. Um, when it comes to what we're about to address here, you're going to see more of this overlap where everything is stitched together, everything uh, works together. As you would, as- would expect, God always works, right? I mean, you've got the Word of God, the mind of God, written by the Holy Spirit of God, who leads and guides you and I in all truth, right? Truth defined as what? Remember that verse we talked about last week? I said, man, you go, go home and memorize it. John seventeen seventeen, thy word is truth. You see that all ties together, you can't, it's like like anything, we talked about it. I'm not going to go to uh, Lisa uh, to find out what it is that Bobby wrote, right? And I'm not going to go to Bobby to find out, what did Lisa mean? I mean, we do that sometimes, right? And that's how these little problems and drama go, right? Instead of, you know, following the Bible, Matthew eighteen and just go to that person and say, hey, what did you mean by that? (laughs) I don't understand it, Right? Same thing with God. Now, here in in uh, Matthew 13, we're going to look at the first of just a, a few things real quick on this principle, and this is the principle of uh, understanding how to define symbols or symbolism. The principle here is is very simple. Very few things in the Bible are symbolic. Now, I'm just looking out here. Most of you have been in this church for a while, so you you don't fall in this category, but... A lot of folks uh, out there in um, the Christian world, let's put it like that, um, will sit in a Bible study uh, or a message, and maybe you did it one time or have, and it's a good exercise, by the way, to go sit in another church sometime and just take some notes of, and try not to exclaim or let your jaw hit the floor too many times as you hear ridiculous things. But you will hear a lot that most of your Bible is all symbolism. It's all symbolic. Uh, There are some, um, I hate to call them faiths, that's what they say, but um, churches, denominations that, boy, everything becomes symbolism to fit their doctrine, to fit their rules and regulations and, and what it is that they use to control. Because that's what it is, control. When you're trying to make the Bible say something that it doesn't, you're trying to control by doing that. You're, you're trying to play God, and they're not, and I'm not, So, and you're not, so we shouldn't do that ever. There are a few times, and uh, we're going to look at a, a couple things here, but it's very important not, not to make things what they aren't right? in anything in life. Symbolism is always clearly defined, in the Word of God when it's used, okay? I mean, the, the rule of thumb, if you would, that, that I have used for 40-plus years, uh, and I know some of the, the folks here tonight have done the same, is always take the Bible literally until it's impossible to do so and until it tells you, okay, this is not literal, I'm, but it will tell you. And let, let's Let's take a look at something here. First one in Matthew 13, and uh, I don't want to read through all 23 verses, this first uh, part, first half, if you will, of uh, Matthew, but let's let's read through a little of it, and then we'll come back and make some comments on it because this is a an area, one of many, uh, that is used to say, well, this is all just symbolism, okay? So here we go, chapter 13 and verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitude <laughs> let me say it again, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, "Behold, a sower went forth to sow." Now we know this parable, uh, most of you, I think probably do, if not, you can read through it, and he goes through several things, but there's something that happens here. remember we looked at the law of first mention. The law of first mention and last mention. You remember that? Mark this in your Bible. This is the first time in your Bible you see the Lord use parables. Okay. Parables. That's a law. That, that's your law of first mention. That's a. I have a couple of little pens that I use, and one of them, when there's a first mention, boom, I, I've got a that color or that thing. Lisa's got a whole rainbow of things. I can't keep up with. She's smarter than I am. So don't tell her I said that. Anybody? Okay. I'll deny it, um, but it's true. So, why is that significant? Because um, anybody heard of this place called uh, Hell? Anybody heard of that? Okay. Well, when you run over here and, and, and do this real quick, come over to Luke chapter 16, and uh in Luke 16 and verse 19, at the paragraph marker there, the last half, last part of that chapter, is about the rich man and Lazarus, and, it, and we know the story, right? The rich man, you know, is very rich. The Lazarus, uh, you know, is eating the crumbs from the table, and uh, they both die. And uh, Lazarus, uh, Lazarus, the, rich, the um, Lazarus goes to paradise, Abraham's bosom, and the rich man ends up in hell. And we have this whole thing going. On. Now, careful here, Mark. Um, there are large denominations out there that will just flat out tell you this is all symbolism. There are tons of others out there that will tell you it's all symbolism. Here's the problem. Look at verse 19 in, in Luke chapter 16. He says, there is a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores. Common, but I'm going to stop there. So keep your finger there, and come back and look at Matthew 13, verse three. Now, in Matthew 13:3, we said this is this is the first mention of parables, right? So, parable is, is not a true story, although quite often uh, it will contain. Uh, the, the contents of it have true stories in them. Sometimes we talk in a general sense, and but that's what he's doing here at the parables, okay? Um, but over in Luke chapter 16, did you see parables mentioned anywhere? No. And, and here's here's the thing, say, well, yeah, but it's assumed. I mean, it's implied. We don't want to assume. So it's implied because he did it back here. Well, okay, um I would never do that because that's still assuming, right? I mean, I mean, is God God? I mean, is God all-powerful, omnipotent, you know, the whole nine yards? If he is, I'm pretty sure he is going to say what he means to say, when he means to say it, right? Okay, and that's not an assumption. That's based on reading 66 books of testimony to that fact, okay, before somebody says, oh, wait, but now you're doing it. No. The facts are, this is what he does all the time. So when you come through here, notice this. Uh, keep your finger if you want to, and, and six, or actually you can just drop it. We don't need to go back there. But um, as you come through, it's interesting. Look at verse 18 in Matthew 13. He's done the uh, parable of the, the sower, and you come down here to verse 18 at the paragraph marker and it says, "'Hear ye therefore the,' what? "'The parable. "'Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower.'" he starts explaining. Um, look at verse 24, your next paragraph marker in Matthew 13. What's it say? Another what? Parable. Hmm. Anybody see a par- pattern? Look at verse 31 at the next paragraph marker. What's it say? Another parable. Huh. I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but is anybody else seeing a, a pattern? All right, look at your ne- next paragraph marker at verse 33. Another parable. And I'm sure you're getting this, okay? Um, When it's a parable, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, which two are the same, right, Um, always tell you, hey, it's a parable from the get-go. In Luke 16, did he tell you it was a parable? Now, we only, okay, uh, we only read the first two verses. Read the rest of it. You won't find that. Because it's not a parable. he He's telling you about something that actually happened. He's telling you the truth. In fact, he tells his disciples, man, how long have I been with you? And I've told you the truth. Okay? He always tells the truth. Uh, he is God. So symbolism. Don't make something symbolic that is not. And don't assume that Dr. So-and-so or Mr. Been Saved 50 Years, or, or, or whatever, can tell you, well, it doesn't say that, but we know from study, well, you need to learn how to study better, and I would suggest a class like this, where you can learn principles of Bible study, so you don't make those kind of, not just mistakes, but grievous mistakes, because then people are listening to you. Mr. and Mrs. I've been saved for 40-plus years, and I'm passing along bad doctrine, That's a parable? Anybody? Speak up real loud, cause I got old ears. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, no, I, it, no, Lisa's got right. It's a parable is real simple it's it's a story or a it's an illustration okay that illustrates the truth about something the story that is being told it's like let me give you an example okay that's very similar to to a parable say again i i wouldn't say that because it goes, well, it goes always. It, you know, it's not limited to just that. Uh, again, it's it's God saying, hey, l- let me teach you a principle by illustrating it to you in what is called a parable. Does that make sense? Say again? Yeah, illustration of a principle. Anybody, Tom, you have a better definition or? Mm-hmm. Now, now, there's a key thing there that we didn't say that I like, and that is it teaches a spiritual truth, which is maybe where you were going with your statement. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's like anything when you're when you're uh, witnessing to somebody uh, or you work with somebody. Um, And you're trying to, you're watching for that opportunity that that God's going to give you. Um, You you don't use illustrations. You don't talk to them about the Word of God using illustrations. Let's say you work in a machine shop. You don't use illustrations about cross-stitching, right? Because most, not all, I'm sure, most machinists, machine shop workers, don't know anything about cross-stitching and probably don't care, okay? Okay. And vice versa, right? So he's using illustrations, as someone was talking about, something that everybody understands to pass along the spiritual truth. We all do that, right? That, that's, and that's wise because that's what parables do. Who's, the society he is talking to is mostly agrarian, okay? They're farmers, they do, so talking about the parable of the sower, right? That pretty much everybody is going to understand that, particularly in that time. You look at the rest of these, the, um, the par, um, any of them, you, you'll see that it makes sense, particularly with or within this greater context, right, of who he is speaking to and what he's speaking about and, spe- and what he is speaking to, not just who, Does that make sense? you guys. Absolutely. You guys got uh, handouts? Okay, excellent, excellent. No, not at all. So does that answer the question? Okay, good question. Really good question. Okay, um, look over at Revelation chapter 1. Let's take a look at another one. I'm sorry? Yes, sir. That that is true as as well. Uh, what he's referring to, I believe, because I only am catching about half of that. I took a shower, and I think I still got water in my ear. I mean, plus they're old, so, and I don't hear out of one. I mean, that old joke, you know, I don't hear out of one. You know, I'm deaf in this ear and don't hear good out of the other. That's actually more true today than it was 40 years ago when I was telling that joke. You know, um, <laughs> Revelation chapter one. Um, what I believe he's he's speaking to, is the fact that you go to the doctor, right? Now the doctor, when he writes out the prescription, only somebody else that's been to college and in that field can can actually read that thing, right? Have you ever tried to read your prescription? Right. My my, my grandfather was an attorney, and, and so I blame my lack of penmanship on him because. Mine's terrible, okay? I don't know why that all works like that, but when, when you get into the medical field or the law field or, or any field in particular where there's a lot of school involved, right, to get the certifications, to get the education. And I'm not downplaying that. It's very, you know, I, I was just watching something on Egyptology. It's secular, and I'm watching because I like stuff like that, and there's a lot of Bible in there sometimes. These guys have words that I can't remember. I mean, they're, they look like a Scrabble game, you know, when you try to figure them out. And I was never good at Scrabble because to me that was like, why would I go back to school? I don't want to go to school. Scrabble is going to school. I have to spell? No. <laughs> you play Scrabble. I don't play Scrabble. So you look at these things, uh, doctors and lawyers, and, and everything has a name that is not in the common vernacular vocabulary, right? It's uh, in Latin a lot of times, okay? A, a horticulturalist. Hordic- a Man, I can't swallow that. I can barely say it. Okay, you go look at, at flowers and trees and everything. You ever look at it? It says words, I'm like, what? Is it a petunia or not, okay? I don't know what this, it's Latin, okay? But you have to go to school. you got to go somewhere and learn this language. So what do they do? When they talk to you about it, they don't talk to you in that language. They don't talk to you like they do their fellows, all right? They talk to you at, at our level, if you will. And that doesn't mean up and down. It just means you know, if I, if Dave and I and, and Jim start talking truck talk, okay, we, we've all been semi truck drivers. People are like, "What are you talking about? A double dropping from the hook, and you got a deadhead and, and doing doubles and what? What? Right? Huh? Okay. You start talking about different stitches and stuff, Lisa and Ann, and, get, and I'm like, let me go clean a weapon because I don't know what you guys are talking about, right? It's, it's the same thing. Everybody has their own area and you speak your own language, right? Even though it's all English. Parables, man, he uses these things so he can take it in the context of the people listening and go, boom, here it is. And expound that spiritual truth, as, as Tom said. That spiritual truth using the illustration. That's a parable. The story itself is not true. Now, we do find a lot of typology in these things. Well, I shouldn't say we find some. There's typology in all of it, actually. But it's not like Luke 16 or something where this actually happened, you know, uh, or Jonah that actually happened, you know. People say, "Oh, those stories." And you know, I had somebody once went uh, in in Arizona and talking to. Folks, it's actually several younger people, and there's a lot of folks out there, guys, who have never picked up a Bible, any version. Okay, have never picked up a Bible. I'm talking to these guys, and and, I'm, and I can't even remember now how it came up, but David and Goliath came up, and I'm like, oh, that's that mythology. That, that uh, mythology story, right, of, of, of the kid who takes out this giant, right, or troll, something like that? Jonah. Never heard it. Oh, wait, is that, that thing that was on uh, the news a few years ago about somebody got swallowed? Is that what that is? They don't know. So getting off subject here a little bit, but let's come back to Revelation 1. Revelation chapter 1. Okay, look at, uh, let's pick it up here in verse 12. It says, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, remember, this is, this is John, okay? Uh, John, that beloved disciple, all right? One of the 12. And uh, here he is on the island of Patmos, and, and God has began to show him uh, the revelation. He's, he's showing him the things that actually, that if you go back and look, that Daniel saw, and he told Daniel, shut the book up, don't tell the whole story, I just want you to tell this. And John, he's like, hey, I want you to tell this whole story now, okay? That's a whole other thing, but we'll get into it another time. So, he's got the Lord Jesus Christ in front of him, and he's talking, and there's all this stuff going on, and he's just Blown away, and he says, Hey, I turned to see the voice of spake with me, and behold, or, I'm sorry, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice, as the sound of many waters. Now, if you're comparing scripture to scripture, there's a lot of places in the Bible you could go. In Bible, you could go and see that description of the feet. But that's only if you compare scripture to scripture, like the Bible says. Um, verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen, that's one, and the things which, thou, which are, that's two, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery. Now, let's stop for a second before we hit this last verse. Now, you read that whole thing, right? We just read. And it's fantastical, isn't it? It's amazing. I love it. I can't wait to see some of this, okay? And so this is why people try to apply human thinking to something spiritual. Instead of, let's go see what God says about it. Or, and and if you're... Paying attention to some things that we've studied in the study, there are some key words in there. What are the two most important words in your Bible? We talked about this to pay attention to the words "like" and "as." Because a lot of times people says, "Oh, it says right here that it's this." And it says, "No, it says it's like that, or it's as that." You say, "Oh, but it says right here." What was that remember remember my unwritten rule? It's actually my first one. I know Jim knows this and so. Much. Before you ask what it means, what do you do? Read what it says. So right now we, we've read these several verses, and if this is the first time you're reading it, and, and folks, if it's the first time you're hearing this in Revelation, it's like, wow. But again, let's just Read what it says. Look at verse 20 now all of a sudden. The mystery of the seven stars. Wait, what seven stars? Oh, you mean the ones that he was talking about up here? Oh, okay. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are, no like or as, the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Everybody clear? Okay, so here's this fantastical, right, you're like, wow. And if you're not paying attention, you read chapter, or I'm sorry, verse 20, and you read right over it. I mean, I have to assume, (laughs) I don't want to assume, but that some of these great scholars that read all this and say, well, you know, the symbolism and and here's all this. He tells you the symbolism. Didn't he? Did I read that wrong? I know I got a right Bible. I'm pretty good at reading English. Again, remember we talked about interpretation? Is there anything to interpret here? There's no like or as for symbol. He says, these seven candlesticks are, and these stars are. So before we go to chapter 2, what do you do? If you're making your notes and if you're studying this, right? You, you put your, now I can't draw. If you know me, I, I mess up stick people. Seriously. So I put the candlesticks and I put the stars and I go to verse 20, and I say, okay, he said, uh, the seven stars are the angels. That, so the angels of the seven churches. And what the, uh, uh, the candlesticks are, the seven. So the can are the church. Done. No confusion, right? Now, you'll read 20 books. They'll tell you it's this and it's that, and Lord knows what, 4th of July. I don't know what. But if you just apply the simple principles. Are there going to be some... T- yes. But here you are in this book that everybody's just so scared of and just like, oh, my gosh, that thing is so hard to understand. It's the hardest book to understand in the whole Bible. It's not. I, I actually think Revelation is the easiest book to understand. I heard somebody say this years ago. It was actually my dad in the faith. And I thought, yeah, right, whatever, you know. He starts saying, like... Phew. It's not hard at all. You just have to work. You have to actually do what I just said. And Okay, let's put this here, put that here, because there's a lot in here. In, in 22 chapters, there's a ton, okay? But it's cool, <laughs> and it's fantastical, and it encourages me as a believer to go, wow, I, simple, stupid me, never graduated college, well, I did go, but not all the way. But anyway, barely made out of high school. It's simple, really. It just takes a little work. You know, study to show they self-approve. Work. But it's good work. It's great work. It's fun work. I, I don't even remember who I was just talking to about this. Maybe it was at the men's retreat last weekend. But, man, there is something so cool sometimes, these little spiritual things that happen to you. How many of you have been in your Bible studying, actually studying, and you're reading, you're studying, and you just get so absorbed, and also you're like, oh, man, it's it's probably a couple of hours. I probably need to do something. And and it's like, oh, my gosh, i got to take a shower and go to work. It was you and I, wasn't it? Yeah. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Time just disappears. It's Bizarre! It it seems like no time elapsed at all. And all of a sudden, oh, my gosh. Well, I guess I'll take a nap in the car at lunch, you know. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. Probably my throat is really sore, or not sore, but dry tonight. The Bible is, is the most fantastic thing in this world, man. And if you just spend the time in it, and work in it. Even when it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do that? Bam. It, it, it's it's going to, remember we talked, it'll start revealing itself. It'll start showing you. You just, just put the work in. It's like anything. You know, you want a patio? Well, I don't have two grand for somebody. Gonna, All right, let's get the tiles and let's go do this. I might call somebody up. And, hey, Bob, how do I do this? Bob Hall, they stuff. Okay, And you do it. You figure it out, right? The Bible's even... Better because you don't have you know, well, you have to be on your knees to pray. Sorry to say you don't have to be on your knees, break your knees, but you know, that's a good thing. It is fun. I never understand when people are like, Oh, it's just I'm supposed to study, I'm supposed to do this, it's just so what are you talking about, man? This is the greatest thing in the world. And it is exciting, and it is mind blowing sometimes. But it's always good because I'm doing exactly what he told me to do. Plus, you know what you're doing when you spend time in the Bible? You're spending time with your best friend, even if I'm not being a good friend to him. And we're, we're reestablishing that relationship. I think we're just having a good time. And he's over there going, yeah, he just thinks we're having a good time. But yeah, watch, watch the next day or two in his life? Because I'm a little thick. But man. I want to go back, you know. When I find good ice cream, I don't just get one scoop. Okay, maybe you do. I don't. I, right? I, that thing's like this. And and it's like that because my best friend, he's already been promoted to heaven here about 20 years ago, but, but we used to do what we call a heaping helpings. We would just take that round and just cut it in half. That's how we'd start out our time together, you know. And we'd eat that whole thing, and then later on, we'd take the other one, cut it in half, and do that. She doesn't let me do that anymore, and I don't need to. But, man, when it's good, you want a lot of it, right? That's what's exciting about this kind of stuff. When you really apply these principles, when you really take the time to pay attention to them. All right, Ezekiel chapter 20. I'm already going to be behind. I see that. I don't know how it happens, but, well, I do. I just don't like to admit it. Ezekiel chapter 20. Now, these things get uh, exciting sometimes, but this is going to play right into our next one, too, here, or our next few, actually, but, so I'm going to go a little quick on these, on the rest of these, but. Here's uh, Ezekiel and and um, talking about his all these things he's doing. He's, he uh, if you pick up at verse forty five, he says, Moreover the word of the Lord came into me saying, and so he's son of man. I mean that's a lot of what's going on. This Ezekiel's just a Again, one of those crazy cool books full of stuff. But look at verse forty-nine. Verse forty-nine he says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, they say of me, doth he not speak? parables? Question, right? Now, what's that mean? This isn't like, Johnny, what do you think it means? right? But let's talk about this for a minute. What's that mean? What's he saying? What are people saying that he is saying or that he is doing? Because God has given him a whole lot to tell the nation of Israel, right? So what are they doing? They're trying to say, oh, "Stupid Ezekiel, man, he's just making up stories. He's just making up stories. You know, you know Ezekiel. He's he, you know, great guy, loves the Lord, but he like, you know, if you listen to the things he says, <laughs> right? He's making up." stories. He's just making up stories, you know, because he's a prophet. So he, that's what he, he's got to do. See that happen with somebody else that showed up about 2,000 years ago? Oh, wait. <laughs> they are still saying that, right? That's all symbols. That's all They're just making up parables. When, as we just, and I'm just showing this real quick here, but in verse 45 there up above, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, he's not making up parables. He is saying what the Lord said to him, right? So, the man set thy faith toward the south and drop, uh, uh, drop the, uh, thy word towards the south and prophesy against the force of the south field and do all this stuff. And they're like, Shh, don't even try to figure that out, you know, that's just crazy Ezekiel. He's just making up parables, telling stories type of thing. In other words, don't study it. Look, the Bible is really good, and it's got some good ways to live. There's a bunch of stories and stuff. I mean, it says, look over here, parables and like parables, okay? All these things. Hell, that's it's a, come on. He's trying to make a point that it's not good to do bad things, right? You need to live a good life and be a good person. That sounds so good, right? Especially if you're wearing a robe and you got something on, and maybe you got one of those, I don't know, I call them fire starters, but, you know. Sounds so nice, I, I, unless you're looking for truth. Because if you're looking for truth, you know, you know how that thing is. Like it talks about over there in uh, was it 13, Corinthians thirteen, First Corinthians thirteen. You know, the the symbols. Something's not quite right there. Just I hear it, but it's like I said, I can't play a guitar, but I can tell you when it's not in tune. Something's just something's off something's not right. You know, monk, you know, yeah, we talk about monk, right? Monk moment, right? Something's, I'm doing one of these numbers, you know. Something's not, how many of you see monk? Because otherwise I look like an idiot. Well, that's true anyway, but, right? And he's doing his whole thing. That's how I feel a lot of times, you know. It's like, oh man, something's, something's not right here. That's so why I can't, li- oh, this would be bad. That's so why I don't listen to Christian music for very long because after a while I'm like I love this song I love this music there's good musicians and it's a good tune but the words are wrong <laughs> the doctrine is wrong <laughs> and after a while man I'm just like I, I can't listen to this anymore now not all is like that so I'm not saying don't listen to Christian music I'm just saying that's what it does to me sometimes you know especially when you got DJs that aren't even Christians, but we won't get into that. Okay, so point B: Scholarship likes to make the Bible symbolic, so they don't have to apply it literally. Because if it's literal, then there is a hell, and God does hold you accountable. And I can't charge you eighty thousand dollars a year to come and learn all this cool stuff at my school. <laughs> Just say that if if it's all symbolic then you know in Matthew 24 right he's talking about Israel the fig tree if if the fig tree of Matthew 24 is symbolic then we no longer have to support the establishment of the nation of Israel that's why a lot of Christians don't that's why certain quote unquote Christian denominations and organizations don't because it's symbolic Some of them are even anti zionists And we'll get into that tonight. Number two, if the judgment of hell is not literal, then we no longer have to fear judgment without salvation, making the blood atonement of no effect. To use a Bible term. If it's all symbolic, then I just need to, you know, love God, love God's people. You know, like I told you, like, I, I thought I was a, Christian, right? I told you this, right? Because, number one, I'm an American, and back then it was like, I'm, I'm an American. I'm a part of the Christian nation, and I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus. I'm not living like that, but I believe in them, right? And, and I was serious, I was, and I think most people, oh, yeah, I do, but I don't have to actually listen to him, you know? Oh, yeah, he's great. It's, it's like some people talk about their parents. Oh, yeah, my parents are so great. They they really love us, and they're really, you know, but you know they're stuck in those old ways, you know. But it, it's it's very cute, <laughs> it's very quaint, you know. And it just makes them so endearing. I just love them. This is so cool. But yeah, I don't live really like that. That's old fashioned. That's not really you know. We have science now. Oh, science didn't exist before you. Okay, nice. All right. We don't always think things through. To their logical conclusion, right? We say things and we just do things and as if there's really no consequence. And that's what happens when you get away from the Word of God. And again, we're not going to, this is not the study tonight, but guys, that's also why the Bible you have is so important, the King James Bible, because if you can make it okay to You just use whichever, the 248 or whatever, it's more than that now, version, you know, whatever. um, And and then you'll feel good about what you're reading, and you'll feel good about what you're reading. And you don't feel good about anything, but maybe it'll tickle you, you know. But but you'll have it, and we'll all get along, right? And that's when the Kumbaya comes on, and I'm out. (laughs) That's one of the songs I absolutely hate. I can't help it. I, I hate it. And it seems like it's the national anthem of Christianity sometimes. Okay, point C. God tells us when he uses symbols. We saw that. So our understanding of truth is clear and not cloudy. There's a lot of other examples in there, guys. And as you're reading through daily, like I said, keep notes. And when you see some of these things, write them down. Say, hey, this is that that thing that we talked about, whether it's you know symbolism or... Uh, types, or whether it's numbers, or or whatever it might be, or a like and a as, I circle those in my Bible, because I don't want to miss it, because you know what, these eyes, this heart, this head, are corrupt, my soul is saved, but this body is corrupt, and I don't want to forget that, and guess what, I'm going to forget it, I do forget it, because it's not pleasant to think about so I do little stupid things like that, like circle this, circle this, because then when I'm reading, and I'm just reading because you know, I need to get my chapter in, I really got to get moving, blah blah blah. Uh oh, pay attention there. Oh, okay, Lord, sorry. Let, let me start over here. <laughs> let me get on my knees for real here. You know, L- little things will will save the day. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Understanding clarity over obscurity. Like I said, these things overlap like crazy here. Here's the principle. When this principle of understanding clarity over obscurity is violated, this is where doctrinal errors typically will come in. And it's just like we were just talking about a second ago uh, with like and as. You know, we read things, I could have sworn it said this. But you look, you, you, you go back, and you read what it says, and it's like, he said, like. Over here, he said, this is. Over here, he said, like. Okay, so you get that piece of paper out again, and you're like, okay, this is like that. This is like that. But this is that, and this is that. So these illustrate, okay, okay. And you get it straight, you know? It, what this means is, you know, yeah, can you just sit down for 15 minutes and read your three chapters? Sure. But you're, there's no intimacy in that, you know? That That's like when I get in in a rut, for lack of better word, and I'm, I get dressed and I'm out before anybody else is up and I come home and I'm tired of like, hey, I love you, you know, and let me go, I'm going to go take a shower and that and come back and then plop down and real intimacy I'm not talking better I'm, I'm not, there's no real intimacy where we're talking and we're engaging. Now, better to read it with the wrong heart than not to read it because it will snag you somewhere along the way, and if not, it'll grab you, throw you down, and start putting the whooping stick on you, as my grandmother used to say, okay and I, but I'm saying I'm talking from experience. Okay, it's a lot better if you stop and say, whoa, let me slow down, right? Isn't this true in any relationship? Women, isn't that what you want from your husbands? And men, isn't that really what you want from your wives? We're not going to say that out loud, but, but we want to talk. We want to do something, right? Well, guess what? Your Savior, your God your friend, he that's took a closer friend brother, is begging for that and applying these things, getting in there and looking for them as you read daily and writing down things. Well, what happens after I've done that for, you know, a week? <laughs> Try for a few, okay? Because I've been doing it for over 40 years. I'm going to tell you something. I, I still am barely scratching the surface. In fact, what I've discovered is I know a lot less than I thought I did. You can't exhaust the mind of God. That's what you're holding. So understanding clarity over obscurity. I don't want, don't you hate it when you're asking somebody a pointed question and they just give you a general answer. You know, eh, blah, blah, Okay, well, that, it's the same kind of thing. We don't like that. So here's what happens. Uh, look at Genesis 1, verse 11. Real quick. 1 verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree uh, yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. You know what folks like to do with this? They like to do things that put them right here with life issues every Friday night. Say, so, oh, so so smoking weed's okay because the guy said it was good. Really? Is that what that says? That's not what that says. Okay? Obscurity. It's the clarity of the thing. Oh, well, you know, well, then corn, if I just, you know, distill it and bring it down, it's, it, it might be liquid form, but it, it came from organic, and it's all good, so it's all good, right? See all these other principles that are being violated when you do that? Now, I've made those excuses when I, well, I wasn't even really saved. I thought I was a Christian. But, you know, I've used those excuses in the past. Long past, but past. And and, and I'll be honest with you. There are some times when I go by and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, Somebody got Jack Daniels over there. What? All some going by somewhere. This has happened to me this week, brother, coming out of the truck stop. And, somebody, and there were a bunch of folks, employees, smoking over the side and a couple of drivers. And I was like, somebody's got a camel. I haven't smoked a camel in 45 years or not quite that long, but 40. <laughs> I can still smell it. You know why? Because this flesh never gives up trying to get back to it. Again, the soul say, but the flesh ain't. And the flesh has got all kinds of excuses. Like Proverbs says, a man can render seven reasons. Man, I can do 70 times 70 in about a heartbeat, you know. And I go run through them in my head, and my flesh goes, oh, you know, what? stop, stop. I mean, that's me talking to me all the time. If you're the conversations I have with God, a psychiatrist would lose his mind listening to me because it's a mess, okay. But if you don't do those things, this is what happens. And all of a sudden, we're justifying the use of things that shouldn't be done by taking things out of context. Taking one little thing without looking at the whole. Um, 1 Peter 2.13. Back the other way. 1 Peter 2.13. Come back here. Even if they do not abuse the substance, in this case drugs we're talking about, they still violate the Scripture. Because look at 1 Peter 2.13. He says very clearly, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be as the king, as supreme, or unto governors, or unto them that are set uh, over you. Again, you want to justify it on one hand, I guarantee you, take the whole counsel of God, because if you don't, you're going to violate it and think, oh, it's all good, It's okay. Right, Dave. You never made any of these excuses, right? Okay. See, I'm I'm thick, like I said. Some people are smarter. It's not always me. Um, look at Acts twenty-eight. Acts twenty-eight. Now we have some of this going on, not that far away from us, folks, here in uh, Missouri, and down in Arkansas. But in uh, Acts twenty-eight. Verses 3 and 4, says, And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, because remember they had been shipwrecked, okay, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and it felt no harm. So you know what people do, they get a box full of snakes, and they start handling them. Get everybody all pent up. Oh, no, oh, I can't even do it. It's just so stupid. I just can't. I mean, I, I'm like, okay, I could maybe do I can't do this. It's because it's dumb. I mean, I can understand, you know, somebody shows you one thing and you say, oh, wow. So I can handle If If I'm a Christian, then even if a venomous beast bites me, it's not going to kill me. That is awesome. I want. I want to check this out. You, you, you do it. You, you're going to do that. Okay. Okay. Now maybe I want to do that. But I'm like, whoa, oh, wow, because you know what happens when you see people handling snakes. It's exactly what happens to you when you see snakes. Your your blood pressure goes up. Anxiety starts going right. And get. And it's real easy to manipulate people when those things are happening in their flesh. Their spirit and their flesh. That's what have Clarity over obscurity. Okay. Here's a here's here's a verse, a little passage talking about what happened. Oh, so we must be able to do that. Well, you know, and every time somebody talks about stuff like this or big old twenty-five center, but a plethora of other things, a whole bunch of stuff is what that word means, okay, in my dictionary. It's like, okay, you're telling me all those things, then where's your lamb? Yeah, your lamb. You, you, you have sheep, right, and goats and turtle doves? Yep. You have a farm, right, or somebody? Why would I have that? Well, it says back there next says you're supposed to take those, and for, you know, for these sins, you've got to do the turtle doves, and for this, you've got to do the ram, and for this, you've got to do the lamb. like, well, I don't have to do that anymore. Well then, why are you trying to do this here? You know, it's it's. sorry to say funny, but it's really it's sad when you see people now. People in ignorance doing it—that's one thing. They just need to be shown the truth. But there are people who are not doing it in ignorance. They're doing it on purpose. They have an agenda, and they're they're teaching these things or doing things, knowing. But that's not really how it works. That 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 was a different. Discipline. Remember, Saint Timothy two fifteen, study to show thyself approved unto God a work that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly what? Dividing the word of truth. And if you don't rightly divide, and if the people that you're that are your flock, you're not teaching them rightly divide. You know why they're not teaching them to rightly divide? Because they're trying to hurt them. <laughs> and they're trying to milk them. Now, they work hard. I'll give them that. You know, they got the sheep over here, and they're just, you know, shaving, you know, shaving that wool off and taking them for everything they got. And over here, they're milking them like crazy early in the morning for everything they got. They keep them in the pens. but keep them fed, and they're happy, and they're having a good time. You know, it's nice sanitary conditions. But they don't go nowhere. They don't do anything, and they got no purpose in life. They're being fleeced and milked don't 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 think that just because somebody looks nice sounds nice that they're nice okay don't be that naive i know you're not but why is it that we tend to do that sometimes in spiritual matters man of all the places you don't want to do that that's where you need one of those old grandpas right that the salesman comes up to the to the porch And he starts to talk, and and Grandpa says, you got two seconds before I put this shotgun into use. And they're gone because they know he ain't kidding, right? We're just like, oh, really? So You can turn eggs into gold. I want to hear about this. Don't you want to hear about this, Bobby? This would be great. Don't be stupid. I'm sorry, naive. I get in trouble with my words sometimes. But mom always said, use your words, Mark, use your words. I use my words, I get in trouble, so oh well. Okay, so they pervert this whole thing. All right, go across the page. Uh, Next one, never base doctrine on questions. Man, this happens a lot, a lot. Um, Satan likes to build his theology on questions and not answers. Now, um, go to 1 Timothy 6. And we're going to go through this fairly quick. But while we're going over to 1 Timothy 6, I want you to keep something in mind, okay? 6 verses 3 to 5. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, Whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmises, perverse dispute, disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness; from such withdraw thyself. Gain is godliness. People with words and big libraries and and you know all this again. Nothing against education, but all this education, all these things. And all they're doing is wresting the word of God from you, if you let them. And you don't have to let them. Yeah, but they've had a lot of school, Mark, and they're a lot older than me. Hey, you've got a Bible, right? It's older than all of us. So, well, I thought it was just, it's the mind of God, okay? Stick with the program here, all right? Psalm 119, what's it telling? me? I'll make you wiser than the ancients. I mean, you can confound the wise. You can, why? Because it's not my wisdom. You know, every time somebody says, you know, oh, judge not lest you be judged. Hey, how about uh, the spiritual man judges all things? Oh, you don't know that verse, but you know this one. If you've ever worked in jail, you notice everybody knows verses. I mean, they know more verses than I know. Man, they could boom, 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 boom. And that, and there's no context, and it's all about being able to prove a point instead of, hey, what's the truth? See, and, it's, and again, before you try to figure it out, read what it says. Destitute of truth. Got all this stuff going on, but there's no truth in it. And, and you know, that's how you you do something. You, you you get all this stuff going on over here so nobody sees what's really happening right here because they're, we're all like, wow, that's so awesome. Meanwhile, they're cutting the purse strings. You know, that means, you know, the, the strings that hold the back in the day way back in the day, not my day, you know, where they had the purse string on the belt, you cut the purse strings, and boom. And I've read, so I love history, I love every, man, there are the teams that would make pickpockets look stupid today. Man, they could come in and just snip, snip, snip before they're done, man, 50 people. Purse strings and been cut and they're gone. It's amazing, I mean, it's not good, but I'm like, wow, you know, if you would put that to good use, you know, instead of doing that, but, that's 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 what's happening. We're all just so oh wow, whoa, whoa, wow, that's so cool that he can do that, whatever they're doing, either by words, I mean look at all these things the disputings i I worked with a guy um i say worked with we started a church together um this guy now I love this guy. But he loved debate, he loved to dispute issues. I was like, "Dude, look, not just here, but somebody that's not that's not what we need to do. He liked to have people, and he wanted to have pastors that had all these different philosophies and, and approaches, and it's like. He had a good philosophy of ministry, and he really loved the Lord. I will tell you that. Some things said about him later on that I would defend him on, but man, that one just—I'm like—but oh. you know why? Because in college, he was taught, man. Hey, you need to be able to debate these things. Now, do you need to have knowledge of them? Absolutely, so that you can answer him that asketh. See, that's one of those things I told you. You know, I learned all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, I had to stop and say, "Well, wait a second." I got all this knowledge and I don't know anything. I had to go back and start over. God, you know, I had to come to Jesus meeting and, and it was real because Jesus was there and I was there. He was right, guess he was wrong. It's like, man, I, I got all this not, but I don't know a thing. I had to go back and start looking at this and go, okay, what's what's going on here? I need to know what is real. I need to have that knowledge as the as in terms of the word knowing him. Knowing him. You know, there are people that they found out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, they start telling them about Jesus Christ and they're like, hey, we know about him. How how do you know about that? Well, you know, the sun comes up and we they start laying out this thing, and it's just just like what the Bible talks about and they're like, We didn't know his name. But we've been worshiping God. You know why? Because they looked for him and God said, Hey, if you look for me, I will be found of you. They don't learn all that because, oh, I went out and I did this and they got to know. No, I got to be in on it (laughs) by being obedient to do those things. These things right here, man, this is what happens. When you start basing questions or doctrine on questions, do you remember back in Genesis chapter 3 when we looked at the five points of, of uh, Satan's modus operandi? What's the first thing he does? Remember? Remember the first words out of his mouth? Yeah, hath God said? Only he didn't say anything. Yeah, hath God said? Is that what he said? Question. Any questions, any questions, and he makes you question he made Eve question and that that made Adam make a bad decision, knowing it was wrong that's how that's how he gets people so when you see doctrines based on questions in the Bible, look out that's one of those things you <laughs> back away i'm I know it's not a vampire, but still you know. Put the ixnay on it and back out, right? Because it's it's a mess, all right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians all ask insincere questions of the Lord, right? Believing that they were the authoritative body, right? And so what do they do every time? There's a conversation. What are they doing? They're asking him questions. Now, when you think about it, it's just so stupid. You're asking God as if he doesn't already know what you're thinking, let alone your question and the actual answer. I mean, it's just so silly. So, so, silly. And, you know, in the first century, there were a ton of Pharisees and Sadducees and, and people that, were, that did get saved and followed because, you know, while these leaders up here who are trying to protect their position and their religion because that's where their power and their, you know, what you would call it, ego trip was being threatened. There's all these other folks out here watching and going, something, yeah, something, uh. remember Gamma Meal? Gamma Meal is one of those leaders. And Gamma was is like, hey, boys, time out for a second. Before you go do all this, you might just think and you might remember how this happened. And he really appeased him by saying, hey, remember how these guys got up and they said these things and these guys, you know, and it turned out that you know, we just let it go, and it turned out everybody saw that they were wrong. Hey, if he's wrong, then it's going to play out the same way. But if not, we better be careful. That's perhaps we find out that we, we're we going against God. Now, that was a wise man. A guy that Paul learned a lot from. Actually, Point C. God permits questions, because a lot of times he goes, well, yeah, Christian, you you guys teach all this stuff, you're not supposed to question everything. That's not true. God permits questions as long as we understand he is the absolute standard with the answer. I've had uh, a lot of folks over time. uh, My buddy I was just telling you about used to like do that. He'd come into my office and he'd say, he says, hey, let's talk about this for a second. Okay, what do you got goes, Well, I got a question for you. Well, his question was insincere, and, and, and this, I've had this happen a lot, you, maybe you have too, because they're saying, hey, I got a question for you. But they're not asking you a question because they want to know the answer. They're trying to set you up to prove their point, to make you look at. It. That's insincere. And, and I would tell them, if you are sincere about wanting to know the truth, and you want to come to this, and we'll look and see what the Word of God says, that's fine. But when you're asking me these questions and you have no plan whatsoever of actually finding the truth, but rather trying to prove to me that what you believe is the truth rather than let's find the truth, then I got no time for you because I'm a steward and I'm not always a very good one. But when I see that, I know that is not a way to invest my time. And if you're going to waste my time, sorry, I waste enough of my own. I don't need you to help me waste my time. So, pay attention when people do you know sometimes people come, and you can tell they 're asking you because man, there's something going on, you don 't know what, but you can tell, man, they, they, they need an answer and, and and what I had to learn was mark don 't just give them the automatic answer about well here 's what the doctrine, and here 's what they pay attention because God 's opening up a heart here and opening a door because something 's happened, something 's going on that I don't know about, but God does. And he's entrusting me to be not God or the Bible expert. He's expecting me to be the little megaphone to repeat what he wants me to pass along. Isaiah in Isaiah 18, he says, "'Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, "'though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow.'" Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It's a very famous verse that a lot of folks know. It's an awesome verse. Remember this. Isaiah is clear that God is reasonable and allows us access to inquire of him. Go to Job 38 and we'll be done. Job 38. How many of you have read through Job? Okay. Job is a fantastic, phenomenal you think you know something? Go read Job. Wow. These guys are talking. To, these guys are having conversations where the things they're talking about are. They they already know things that most folks that claim to be Christians are still trying to find out. And so sometimes their conversations are hard to follow because they're, for lack of a better word, assuming you already know a few things. And these guys Knew some stuff, okay? But then here's the deal. The Bible is very clear that man cannot, you know, you and I cannot begin to attain to God's eternal knowledge. Not in this body, in this mind. That's why we got to wait till we're up there and get it because God's letting him ask all these questions. And then look at verse 38. I'm sorry, chapter 38, verse 1. All these questions, all these things have been going on now for 37 chapters. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Who's he talking to? Job. Yeah. All of them. That's true. But he's talking to Job. Now, Job is the guy who is God's man. Remember? God started this whole thing when 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 the, when uh, Satan came up and he said, "Hey, see my servant Job, man, he's he's the guy down there right now." Say, "Oh, of course he is, man. You do this for him, you do that. You guys know the story." He says, "Okay, well, we'll put him on the spot because you know what? I know him. More importantly, he knows me, right?" And we see all this stuff go on, and so now the guy. The the hero and victim of the story, so, so to speak, so far, all of a sudden now he's been talking to God, and also God, God says, Um, hey, who is this that darkness counsel with words without knowledge? Whoa. You know, if he's talking like that to Job, I am I'm, I'm I know it's hard for you to believe this, but I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> That's one of those times when I'm like, oh, what? all ears right now and then he goes through this entire chapter you ought to read this chapter it's fascinating there's so much knowledge in there it's incredible and he comes through all this stuff and he just question after question after question after question My, my my uh dad in the faith man he used to say man you know when god asks a question in the word of god you think you ought to know the answer you ought to find that answer out Never thought about that, but yeah, because you know, you remember when you know, either your boss or your mom and dad or 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 your wife or husband, you know, and they ask a question and and you're that answer, and now I look stupid (laughs) because I'm ignorant. No, I'm not ignorant, I'm stupid because I should know this answer in your reading daily. This is one of those things you ought to write down. Hey, there's a question. I better find out what that answer is. Don't start in Job 38, because if you look in here, you're going to find out. Uh, Who? I think there's at least one to two, sometimes three question marks in almost every verse in this chapter. I might want to start. I want. To, I might want to start with the big chief tablet, and you know. Something simple, right? Before you go tackle this. Because it is wow. So it's not about not being able to ask questions. We'll close up with this. God wants you to ask questions. You know that? And people, all all of my Christian life, I said, "Uh, You Christians, man, you just want people to believe everything that uh, you say and, and your whole. A spiel and doctrine, you know, and, and never question anything. I said, "That's that's not the God I know." God says to ask. He does yeah? Why, why would if you and I tell people this? If God's really God, why in the world would He be afraid of somebody asking a question? There's only one reason anybody's afraid of somebody asking a question. Either they don't know the answer, which is rare, or they don't want that answer revealed. Which is usually where that is. God says, man, ask of me. Ask away. I mean, and I think I've mentioned this before. The reason I love Psalms is not because it's a place to go for comfort. And it is. I'm not saying it's not. It absolutely is. But that's, that's not... My, my, when I'm looking for comfort, there's a couple other places I go, books. But, man, I love songs because I see David over and over totally and completely frustrated at, at his wit's end. And he's just like, God, I don't get it. What? Why? Why do these guys get it? And we don't. Why is this happening? But the righteous are what? I don't. What? Don't you ever feel like that? I do. Still. (laughs) God, why this? And you know what God does? Hey, you know who you're talking to. You know who I am. That's the one I always like from God's people. You know who I am. I pastor such and such. I've heard that more than once. God never does that. Well, is that kind of what he's doing right there in Job 38? They've got a relationship, and they've been doing things for more than a minute, okay? God says, you ask me anything, but you better be ready for the answer. Because when I give you an answer, then I require a response to, a response to it, a correct response. I don't, I don't know the curve. I'll show it to you. I'll give you the curve. I'll even help you. I'll do everything possible for you to succeed at this. Be able to do that. You can't takes the winds right out of your sails, just to be honest, because I have raged against the Lord sometimes. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, because I don't think God minds it. In fact, I think God, some of my most honest moments with God is when I've been upset broad term, <laughs> because I just, oh, things weren't working the way I thought they were supposed to, or what I saw, or re- so why, God, what, what's going on, what am I missing, I know I'm thick, but come on, I, I did it, you know what, God says, hey, come, let's reason together, said to the Lord, man, let your sins be a scarlet, I know you got that stinking thinking going on, Mark, but look, I can help you, okay, God, because I need it, you know I need it, this is a calm conversation for me and God because usually it's a lot different. He's Here, let me show you this. Here, grab your strongs. Look this up, okay. Okay, see all those 38 verses? Okay, go look through there. Tell me what you see. Okay, so I get out my big chief tablet, my number two pencil, because I still use them. Interesting. Oh, by the time I'm done... The answer has revealed itself 99% of the time. And I'm like, so what you're saying is, <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark. Oh, okay. All I had to do was spend some time in here and apply some basic principles. it? All right, next week we'll wrap up. I apologize for going a little long uh, here tonight. It's 8 o'clock straight up. So we'll be done. Um, but uh, listen, be, be be serious about your time in the Word of God and be serious about what you do with the things that God shows you because he does require of us those things. And he has, as he says, more than we could ever hope or drink, right? All those things. A lot of those, we're, we always think selfishly about that. Oh, man, he's got all this great stuff. For you know what a lot of it is? God, I just want him to get it. I wanted to actually do it. It's so simple. And I do it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. He's like, yeah, see, isn't that cool? This is one of those things that I had planned for you. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, and Lisa's coming in. What's going on in here? We're just having a good time, man. I actually got something, you know. (laughs) Praise God. That's it. It's worth it. All right, let's uh, pray. And and Jim, you close us up in prayer.